0: Hello, good afternoon. This is Caroline Markle Hammond, and I am on the Intentionally Fearless radio show at 90.1 FM KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. Now, the Intentionally Fearless episode is part of the Every Woman Collective. It's every Saturday at 3 p.m. Central Time. We at the Intentionally Fearless part of the radio show happen to be every And we also have, as a guest, Miss Allison Mott. Now, Allison is a CPA. I'm gonna allow her to introduce herself. But I wanna have a reminder here that as we work forward in this, we take a look and keep the focus on Kansas and Missouri communities while spreading our wings both nationally and internationally. We're here to encourage the new feminists of the 21st century, while respecting and honoring the sacrifices and work of those whose shoulders we stand on. Now, we use empathy to create storytelling, and our whole focus is what is your superpower and how do you use it, both personally and professionally? So, without any hesitation, I want to make sure I toss this over now to Ms. Allison Mott, who will be talking to us, and she's going to give us her own introduction. And biography as we begin today
1: hi thank you so much for having me um very glad that you're here thank you for joining us so a little bit about myself i um was born and raised in kansas city lee summit missouri specifically got my undergrad and masters from kansas state university in accounting um, Went from there to big four accounting firm after college, um, spent a while in the nonprofit industry as well, then worked at a small local firm doing taxes and payroll and small business accounting before opening AMCPA. Okay, so let's talk about that for a bit because
0: in I worked way, way back in the day for an organization that helped people study for the CPA exam. Okay. And at, at the time, um, there, it was a male-dominated field. What's your opinion on it now? Is it more diverse or is it still male domination out there in the
1: accounting world? It's interesting because it kind of depends on the level of accounting you're at. A lot of the bookkeeping, accounting level, a lot of that workforce is women. You know, when you think about a small business, if you're going to call in or speak to their accounting department, a lot of times that's women. I think the um, top positions in the industry, though, are consistently held by men.
0: Okay. Thank you for for helping us get the lay of the land on that. What worked with you? What was your... Have you always been a numbers gal? Have you always been someone that that came naturally because the thought of um, accounting <laughs> and me having to do it myself actually makes <laughs> my skin break out. So I'm always interested in how the brain works of someone who this is their chosen field. So tell me what that was like for you growing up and what some of the challenge challenges were for you as you developed that,
1: that way your brain works and started to use it for your own good. Yeah, I think um, growing up, I was definitely always a smart kid. Um, I I would say as a kid, you don't exactly know how your brain works. You know, you just know that like certain things just make sense to you. And sometimes you don't understand why it's not making sense to someone else. But you're not like, oh, my, I understand numbers. I'm left brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I always felt very drawn to that, really enjoyed it. But um, like when I was going, so I spent my freshman year at Oklahoma State before going to Kansas State. And I think I declared public relations as my major because I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, And so the nice thing is I got to take a ton of just like general education classes and kind of get an introduction into the different types of of careers there were. And so I think it was second semester, I took an accounting class. It was one of those large, like 500 person lecture halls. Um, And I just remember thinking, this makes so much sense
2: to my
1: brain. Um yeah, So, yeah, every So I just remember the accounting just clicked, you know, it just made sense. Like everything about it, my brain works, debits, credits, journal entries, everything just kind of made sense. I remember taking our first test and I got over a hundred percent and the class average, I was like, Oh, I must, everyone must have gotten, you know, I mean, it's pretty, pretty much what she taught. Um, and the class average I think was 60% and I was like, Oh, Oh, okay. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm pretty good at this. Maybe my brain works this way. And I went to the teacher at the end of the class, and I was like, is there another class I should consider taking um, to confirm if accounting you know, should be my career path? And she's like, no, I think you're in that class. That's this class. Um, I know who you are. You should consider accounting. Um, and then it was about that time I decided to transfer from Oklahoma State, be a little bit closer to home. um, than from Kansas City, go up to Kansas State. And Oklahoma State State accounting department sent me a letter over the summer that was like, we'd love you to join accounting, art accounting department, change your major. Um, And I thought it was like a pretty big letter that got sent out, like a mass mailing. So I didn't respond. And later they called me in the summer and they're like, yeah, so we sent like seven of those letters out. Are you (laughs) responding? And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize I've actually transferred, but I'm letting you know that I've declared accounting as my major at Kansas State. So that was like a good uh, confirmation that probably was the direction I should go
0: in. I love that. so let's let's pause here a bit and pick kind of pick that apart because I think a lot of the times and and tell me what what you think, and Kate, if you want to chime in, our illustrious engineer, I'd love to hear your opinion too. But I think when something comes naturally to people, and I have found this in my work that this happens more often with women than with men. Um, but when something comes naturally, to you, you don't realize how incredible that is. And you can even sometimes diminish that talent because it just comes easy to you. What do you think about that? I'll start with you, Allison. What do you think about that as, have you found that an experience and have you come across other people who when you find that they do something really well, they can tend to dismiss it versus actually owning that, hey, I am really fabulous at this part.
1: Yes, I think that I just missed it my entire life until, like, kind of having a university, right? Like, reflect back, like, hey, you're pretty good at this. Um, And I see that a lot with, like, clients coming through the door, too, especially um, I think the creative side of clients, too, can very much diminish themselves. If it's maybe a part-time job, like, say they have a full-time job and then they have a part-time passion, and so they can just diminish that so easily because maybe that's not how they pay their bills. Um, but yeah, I think, but I'm, but then I'm looking at what they're doing and I'm just amazed by it and blown away. And I'm like, no, this is pretty cool. You should give yourself a little more credit than you are. Um, Exactly. Yeah. People come in very, yeah, can very much diminish themselves.
0: Right. Because you're seeing a lot of different people in a lot of different industries. So you're seeing that across the board from just all kinds of walks of life and experiences. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Kate, what about you? Have you had that experience either within yourself or with um, with the people that you interact with as far as owning something about yourself that really comes naturally and yet maybe it gets dismissed because it does come naturally? Uh,
2: I have had that experience. Um, I always said I did my education backwards. Uh, my undergraduate is in business and my master's is in information systems. So when I started my career, I was in business doing transportation logistics management. And that could be a very intense and and time-consuming and paperwork-intensive job. And I'm just sitting here thinking, I know there are ways to simplify this and to solve these problems. And so I kind of got started with some of the computer folks at our company. And I was just talking. I said... You know, the computer has all the data. We can get it to do some of this baseline tracking. And uh, instead of us trying to figure out what's going on, we could have the computer tell us what the problem is. (laughs) And so over the next couple of years, my career changed from business into information technology. And the problem solving in information technology does come natural to me. It's it's very easy for me um to think like a computer which I always laugh at because I say on a good day a computer's got the uh, intelligence of maybe a 2-year-old. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's great. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing that with us Kate. I appreciate it. And I love how the the worlds kind of started to intersect between how your brain was working from one industry to another. And I think that's a beautiful part of when people start to really step into who they are, what their superpower is and how they own it. Then you can find the relatable activities into any industry. And the beauty of what I love about getting to do this intentionally fearless episode um, every third Saturday with every woman is we start to pick apart What is it that you can apply with your superpower and yours? So somebody could be listening to this, Allison, and, you know, accounting is not their jam, but they'll listen to your story and they'll say, well, wow, okay, she faced this and did that. I can do it, too. So here's the big question that we always ask. Uh, Allison, what is your superpower
1: and how do you use it? I thought about this. Okay, so I think my superpower is the power of connecting with people. I think I'm very good at creating connection with whether it be clients, friends, family, creating that connection, and I think that I use it um, on a daily basis to really create a connection with my clients and bring what a lot of people see as this very scary world of accounting. It's over their head. They're, they're, they're just off put by it. They're intimidated by it and bringing it down to a person for everyone's level and kind of um, yeah, just making it less, making it less intimidating by connecting with that client. I
0: love that. I do believe in the power of connection and I do it just creates the opportunities and we have a break coming up, but we have a maybe about 90 seconds before we get there. So we might have to wrap this part up talking about it when we come back, but tell me a little bit when you authentically own your superpower and you authentically connect people, what magic have you seen happen that allows the next thing to unfold both personally and professionally, for the people you work with, and for yourself. Be quick, Then we have a break. Um, <laughs> yeah, let me I mean, ask you, let me ask you a ten-pound question with approximately <laughs> eighty-two seconds to answer. So well, let me let me dial it down. When you authentically step into that, and you and you connect people in that way, what's the first thing you think of when you're about to connect one person to another?
1: I would say that, like, I mean, just in general, stepping into that superpower changes everything. Um, I think I spent a ton of my life hiding from my superpower and hiding from who I was and being feeling like I needed to be a certain way to be an accountant and hide that part of my personality or, you know, stay a little bit more colder and reserved and not connect in that way. Um, And when I finally had the confidence to be authentic and step into that, literally everything changed. Pure magic.
0: Okay, so if we can highlight with the marching band and fireworks that when you authentically step into who you are, it's just, it's magic and everything falls into place. So let's pick up on that after our break. I'm going to toss it over to Kate, who is going to take us into the moment where we um, have a little bit of pause in our show, and then she'll lead us back into that. So Kate, thank you for your work on this and uh, really appreciate you all right so we are back kate thank you for doing that for us this is caroline markle hammond and you are listening to every woman which is the every saturday 3 p.m slot this is the intentionally fearless episode of the every woman connective and we're here on every third saturday at 3 p.m central time so thank you for joining us today i'm here with allison who is Talking to us about superpowers from her own creativity, from her own ownership of that superpower and her ability to connect, which brings in some magic into allowing people to take what's a very difficult subject and fear-filled in the accounting world and bring it down to their level. So before we had our pause, Allison, you were talking about how when you start to connect people that that is magic, but only after you step fully into what your superpower is. So I love that part because I think once people start to really own who they are and what they do, magic does happen. It's just, it's amazing. From personal experience, from professional experience, it happens all the time. So if you were talking, and and we talked about how You discovered that in college. If you looked back and could have a conversation with your, you know, teenage year soul, what would you say knowing what you know now to
1: to that little girl then? Oh, I would, you know, I think I would just tell her that like, it's going to get better. You're going to step into who you are. Like, I definitely was a nerdy kid, awkward, nothing like had a really hard time making friends and creating those connections. And so I think that was something I always like kind of that created the superpower that I have now because I didn't have it then and, you know, kind of would feel lost and like, oh, I could be a really good friend if I could just make them. Or why am I sitting at home on Fridays and Saturday nights? I would really love to be able to Be out having a good time. Um, I would just tell her, yeah. Like, and I think at that point too, there's like a little bit where you start to diminish who you are and hide yourself because okay, the world's not receiving it. They're not loving it. So maybe act a little less smart or dumb yourself down in a certain way. And I would just tell her that like keep being you, you know, you're you are magic. And you gotta just embrace who you are and Lead with that, and it'll get better. Not every part of life is great, <laughs> you know? Like, sometimes we're going to be a struggle. Um, and, yeah, I mean, everyone would always say, like, just wait till you get to college. You'll make friends. Everything will click. And I think that that's really true because I think everyone else starts to authentically be a little bit more themselves as well and have less of that, like, this strict restriction on what we think we're supposed to be or how you're supposed to be cool or to be in the popular crowd. So, yeah. Um, I I love love that that Allison all the time because yeah she just needs it and she needs to know that this is where we're at and I think back on that a lot that like if I could see even two or three years ago where I am now I would just be so proud of myself.
0: Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that. I feel like I'm going to get whiplash because I keep nodding my head. Yes. And I know no one can see this, but (laughs) I want to just do one of those like really big cheerleader jumps with my arms fully in the air of just how incredible what you just said is amazing. So for anyone listening, if you have children who who are young and who are struggling, and it seems now more than ever, A lot of my teacher friends I talk to are kids are really, really struggling, and we're losing some kids. I call them canaries in the coal mine, the kids that feel big and think big, and they don't have any idea what to do with their emotions, and they feel a little weird and a little bit awkward around themselves in school. Just fueling them with the authentic, this is what I see in you, and I think you're amazing use those superpowers and lets them know they're not so alone and lets them know that things do get better. But it has to be this moment of really saying to them, I see you and I hear what you're going through and I know it's hard. That is so much better of a connection than it is to say, "Buck up. Pick yourself up, you can do it, just get out there and go without acknowledging how hard it is. Um, I'd love to share what I would tell my little girl self and then Kate, if you would chime in, I would love to hear what you would say, uh, you know, to your younger self. I, for believe- me. Friends you make, if you have to change yourself or you have to dumb yourself down, or you have to be afraid of speaking out loud, then those aren't your friends. Like, find your people, find the people that don't make you feel dumb, or find the people conversely. Maybe the better way to say it is find the people who say, Oh my gosh, you're so amazing, and be yourself in that. Because I think. Especially for girls, there's lots of statistics that say that between the ages of ten and thirteen, confidence just plummets, and people don't know who they are anymore and and where they fit in the world. So they start taking on all these different personalities just to try to fit in. You mentioned it with the cool kids. You know who are those people? Who's this other that we are projecting ourselves toward? And I just and like you I love on my little girl self because there's times as an adult that I still think wow some of the people I love some of those people are in my family um some of those people you know I've done a really great job of boundaries but some of those people are still like you're too much like you make friends too easily and I find that really interesting that they love that component of me when it benefits them but they don't quite love it any other time interesting but anyway so <laughs> I just be, be who you are. And if people don't acknowledge that, then they're not your people and keep going because you will find your people. Um, that's what I would say to the younger version of myself. Kate, how about you? Do you have any words of wisdom for the younger version of yourself? Okay, we're gonna we're gonna keep going on ourselves. We'll we'll reloop indicate in a little bit. Um so Allison, you brought up, you know, how proud you are of yourself and even three years ago, how different that was. Can you talk to us a little bit about the accounting field and when you're working for a big four accounting group? It's pretty much you are owned by that corporation and it is non-stop work. Can you give us an idea of what it's
1: like to live in
0: that and how you navigated it?
1: Yeah. um, I think the interesting part too is a lot of um, very young twenties. That's like when people are going immediately to big four. So you're right out of college, right out of grad school. Um, So you don't have, because I reflect back on it a lot and just my entire journey to get where I've gotten. Um, But Like I didn't even have the life skills down yet of how to how to move forward um, and carry all of the. So all of the life skills that I needed to you know successfully become adult, I was learning all those at the same time that I was working a new job, kind of getting used to the corporate world, working a of hours and it just felt heavy. Like I just kept feeling like it was like a carrot in front of my face. Like I was chasing it and I was just not, it never fit. It never clicked. I wanted that like five-star review, that five-star rating, you know, and I just consistently couldn't keep up whether it was, you know, trying to get, like balance life with this big job and everything um, or the the culture. I recently posted on LinkedIn about a conversation that was, I got asked to a mentor lunch with a female superior and I was psyched. I was like, Oh, this is going to be great. And it happened to be about my attire. And I just remember being um, so bummed because i have been working so hard and putting these hours in and we were talking about um, that, you know, the dress, like how I was dressing, and that, I, and how it, I needed to be dressing going forward. Um, she had been asked by um, a partner to have the conversation with me, and it just felt so deflating that I was putting all of this out there, and instead we were focusing on maybe that I wasn't dressing like an accountant should be dressing, or um, that's a and yeah. So I I didn't work there. Um, it's been a little under two years cause it just got to a point where, just to be honest, like I was, I was just down on myself and depressed and I just like, couldn't, yeah, I didn't know, started to question who I was. If accounting is what I wanted to do, just really right. kind of started slipping in that way of maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I need a whole new career path because this just, this just isn't it. I'm not, I'm not feeling Like, this is the direction I want to go in. And so from there is when I went into the nonprofit world to try to get that new culture. I love that. I'm going to pause you for a second. I've
0: experienced that too. And I don't know if you've ever asked um, a man about that, if they've ever been called in about how they dressed or how they wore their hair. And if you think about how many senators did we just have recently vote on whether or not black women could wear their hair a certain way. And I think, are are you kidding me? Like this is and 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 a good amount of, of people voting said no. Like this is how people should wear their hair. It's astonishing to me, but I, I worked for a company, a local company. Um, it was an oil and gas company, and the founder had written a book. And in the book, he talked about professionalism and dedicated almost an entire chapter to how women should present themselves in the industry. And I'm looking through the book, and there's not really there's like maybe a paragraph about what men should do, and <laughs> I, and I think and really this is this is what we do, like even that that to me even now in the year of 2022 are you kidding me this is what we have as far as as standards and entire chapters of what it's like and what it's okay for how women can show up in the world as told to them by men so um it's interesting to me too that at least i don't i don't you know that that to even have a woman deliver that message, it puts everybody in in a hard spot. So um, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. Tell me, what did you do to pull yourself out of that and to realize, no, I'm really good at this. And when you you started with the nonprofit world, how did you then step into that a little bit more differently based on your experience with the large accounting firms?
1: Yeah, and I was just going to piggyback on that, that Even interesting, like how I wear my hair now. You said hair, and I was like, "Yep, I straightened my hair for decades because I was so afraid to have this like wild, untamed." I mean, my hair is curly. I guess the radio. (laughs) My hair is actually curly. I'm like, you can see me. Um, But yeah, I straightened my hair because I just wanted to fit and I didn't want to make a splash. Um, After that conversation, I started wearing black slacks and. And just let's let's take up as little space as possible, because that's how you're going to get those five stars. That's how you're going to get the good reviews. Let's not make a splash. Take up those little little space as possible. Um, And so, yeah, I think. But it's interesting because even in a environment where you know, nonprofit and smaller industry, I still had that ingrained in my head that that's how I should look and act to be taken seriously. And it has taken me up until even, I still, I'm still unpacking that to this day, that it's okay to dress how I want to dress, obviously professionally. <laughs> Hi, and we like to say, cover up your assets, you know, keep, keep them covered. <laughs> but um, yeah, professionally presentable, but be you. Um, yeah. So it's just, it's interesting that we get that so far ingrained on ourselves. And I was having this conversation with a guy who's felt it in a different way, in a culture being put on them, but not in the same way with dress and hairstyle. Cause I mean, I also think that there's just like less options for guys to go. through. True. True.
0: And, and I don't, and I'm not meaning to say that this is a man predominantly men putting on this that I but it happens to be that's how it yes. shows up in the world. It's it just yes. that's the reality. So, you know, sorry if Absolutely. that's hard to hear, but that is the reality. And like you, I have very, very curly hair and I just started owning my curly hair a couple years ago. I mean, I can be, I can just shake your hand and chances are you're going to come out come away from that interaction with several really, really blonde curly hairs <laughs> someplace on your blue suit. Uh, it's just the way my hair is, but I spent years trying to tame it and straighten it and and all of it until I owned it. And it is now the the way that people recognize me most and the compliments Ooh. I get most are Bang. on my hair. And it's just, Bang. I thought, well, I am 50. I started doing this one right before I was 50 years old. It really, it took me that amount of time to go ahead and own what naturally
1: is growing on the top of my head. <laughs> it's almost like you were born with the hair that looks good on you. you know? Right. Like- Oh my natural hair complements what my my skin and face and everything else look like crazy what a thought
0: yeah it turns <laughs> out science has a really a really great way of manifesting itself in the people yes <laughs> so so when you how long tell me about the the nonprofit journey what industry within nonprofit did you did you pursue and what were the the maybe one or two biggest differences between your work in the big four and the nonprofit as far as it relates to 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 your daily job that was that was different did it
1: affect work life balance that kind of thing yeah absolutely um i mean that was one of the biggest things that i wanted to see a change in was my like was the culture so i went to both were social services agencies i worked at two nonprofits one was in the healthcare industry, and then the other was um, just true social services to the underserved population. Um, So I kind of worked my way up throughout those organizations to where by the second one, um, I was the controller, so I oversaw the entire finance department. Um, And from from an experience, like irreplaceable, invaluable experience to be able to see an entire organization because nonprofits just run leaner. So you just wear a ton of hats and like, you're looking at all of the financial statements as opposed to a big corporation, you might be seeing a very small piece of that. You might just be checking AR, but I looked at everything presented to the board, just like really good experiences to have, but from a culture, yes. Well, and it was interesting because the first one was not, was more, had had more men. The second one was very female dominated. We <laughs> like, one man in the home office, we had one man and 15 women. (laughs) And so it was just such a shift. Uh, He was such a good sport always. (laughs) But yeah, it was, um, yeah, there was just so much more of a work-life balance. People valued um, leaving. One of the places I had had a desktop and I would leave at the end of the day. And I was like, I don't, you don't expect you don't expect me to check that email at eight o'clock at night. I'm, I leave the work at the office. And then That's I go home. Lovely. Like it was just like a whole new thought process, <laughs> but yeah, it definitely had more of a focus on what you were doing because most of the people there were driven by, um, like a passion of helping others. So just a true culture shock, like just complete
0: 180. Nice. Nice. Thank you for sharing that part of your journey too. What are, are there, is there any advice you have for someone who has the accounting brain like you do, who is looking to make a choice between nonprofit accounting and, and the, all the intricacies of that, and what life is like with the big four? What What kind of advice would you give somebody who's looking at those two industries?
1: It's hard to say, to skip out on any opportunity or to not go that way because I wouldn't be where I am and I wouldn't be the person that I am had I not gone through multiple industries and had multiple experiences. And um and so I don't, you know, sometimes it's easy to look back and be like, oh, that, that kind of chalks it up to a failure or like I didn't excel there or that, you know but just experience as much as possible to figure out what area you really like and what works for you and just keep looking. You know, If it's not the first place you choose, that's not a failure, that's not a mistake. Take what you've learned and just keep moving forward. Look for the place that feels like home, that you enjoy going into the office every day and you're able to come home and spend the time with your family, your friends, yourself, whatever that looks like to you. But yeah, I think that not putting that harsh lens on ourselves to judge and think shouldn't shouldn't have done that or that's not right for me or I couldn't hack it in that world, just just try stuff, try try those experiences, and you'll you'll end up where you're meant to be if you keep if you keep looking for the right thing.
0: I think that's really great advice, and it's I love how you talked about how it's not wrong if you find a place that you that you that's not a fit. I mean, you're learning something all across at every intersection. So the beauty of the journey is that you get to heaven and you get to learn the lessons along the way and then implement those lessons for the next time. And when you're moving forward on what you're gonna pursue.
1: Absolutely, I mean, I, you know, my CPA, um, I have CPA, the most of the people that I graduated grad school with took it immediately after grad school, passed it within the year. I could not, I mean, I barely could balance work and life. Um, Originally, I took all four parts when I was at um, the big four firm, failed all of them. (laughs) Really just very, I
0: mean, that's actually. let me put some perspective for having sold an accounting course that helps people study for the CPA exam. (laughs) You were in very, very, very good company of a lot of smart people who took all four parts
1: at the same time and did not pass. Yep. And little, yes, I was like, there's so many people out there, but you feel like you're the only one. you know, like, Oh, I thought I was smart. And now he's just, okay. The failures just keep rolling in and the job's not working. And okay. I'm not really sure. Um, but I ended up taking it later in my twenties after a good amount of experience in the field. Um, and I eventually passed all of them, but I mean, had I not had all that experience to be I'm really proud of my journey and how it did happen. And so to anyone who's don't like feels like that's daunting or has failed then just keep going. If if you really want it, you'll, you'll get it. I studied so hard. I was so serious when I was retaking them in my later twenties, um, spent just, I was like, so sure I was going to pass this first one. Choked so hard, absolutely <laughs> bombed It was devastated. Uh, so I was like, okay, do I keep, what do I do now? You know, um, And so I just, I signed up for the next one and I, and I, and I, and I passed it and I finally passed one and it was a two year journey of retaking, failing again, or not failing the retake, but you know, and just, and I eventually I got it. And now they say, you know, as you might've heard the joke, uh, CPA also stands for can't pass again. Yeah, I have Take it. I just have to keep up on the continuing ed. So if anyone out there is like, that feels so daunting, just keep going, just keep going, just keep trying. You know, I spent, gosh, I think
0: I I spent about 10 or 11 years traveling across the country and going to colleges and universities and talking to their accounting programs about how to study for the CPA exam. And we we did a lot of follow-up and my the most difficult story that I ever had was a young man and back in that day and I'm not I don't know because I've been out of that industry for so long I don't know what the parameters are for passing but back in that day you had um, you had to at least if you passed a part that was fine you were done with that part but you had to at least get a 50% on the parts you didn't pass and so he passed three parts within like 90s and above. And on the fourth part, he got a 48. No. Yeah. Which meant nothing counted. And uh, and he tells this to me, and I and he sounds devastated. And I am devastated in hearing it. And I said, can we just pause for a second of silence together to acknowledge that this is really crappy, and I'm very, very, very sorry that this happened to you. And he's like, yes, we can. <laughs> and so we sat there in silence. I said, I'm going to start the timer for 20 seconds. He said, okay, go. And we just sat for 20 seconds in silence to acknowledge how hard he had worked and how difficult that is and how unfortunate it was to not be able to take those three and count them as done.
1: Oh. Uh- I don't know that that is still in in effect, but gosh, I would love to know if he finally passed. He I did. He, did. he like, passed listen.
0: the next time. Yeah, he passed the next time. It was that darn awesome. law section. He had a heck of a time with the law section, but um, but yeah, that was the, that was one of my experiences uh, within the accounting field that I worked on. So let's talk a little bit. You mentioned I, I want to talk before we get into yeah. your organization and how you founded that because you've talked about culture, you've talked about mentoring, you've talked about connecting, you've talked about keep going even if you fail. Talk to me a little bit about have you, do you have mentors now in your life? And how did you facilitate that
1: relationship? Yeah, um, yes, I definitely do. And I think that when I first started out um, opening AMCPA, I had a really hard time getting other CPAs to connect with. Um, I'm not sure if they were just really busy or what it was, but I had a really hard time creating those connections. And now a couple of years in, I've been able to identify um, some other like-minded women CPAs. Some of them own similar firms or are in similar industries. Some have completely different industries but being able to connect with them. And I definitely have some mentors in other industries and some of them are men and have shown up for me in wonderful ways. Um, But it's so important and I always wanna, if anyone is looking for a mentor or needs advice or just encouragement, I always try to be looking that way as well to ask, how can I, because those people, those mentors the advice they give you, the encouragement they give you really kind of keeps you going sometimes in the unsure moments. And I want to be able to pay that forward to anyone else who's wondering if they, if they're going to make it.
0: I love that you bring in that you have men that mentor as well. I think it's so important for everyone. And I, and I love, I was just reading an article about how in the new hiring within HR and, and, and applicants and and getting the right fit person that the questions about mentoring and the questions about diversity within the workplace are two of the biggest questions being asked by new grads and people who are entering into the workforce um, for the first time, and then also people who are switching jobs. So even over older individuals who are switching industries or switching jobs, their questions are also about mentoring and about what kind of diversity practices are in the workplace. So talk to me a little bit about as you began, because we've talked about the culture you you've in a variety of ways of what you've experienced in your work history. But when you talked about your developing your Your own firm, AMCPA. We're gonna about ready to go into a break. But I'd love to tell, I'd love you to start with before we get head into the break, what was that divine flash of information of inspiration that came to you was like,
1: "Mm, I'm gonna do my own thing? I would say, while I'd love to like look back and be like, my journey into AMCPA was flawless. And I just (laughs) handled it wonderfully. And I was inspired. It was kind of me kicking and screaming, like, I guess this is what I have to do, you know, and, and, you know, just kind of being um, unsure of so much in the beginning, but I felt like everything that had led me up to that point, this is where that was the end goal. I wanted to be a firm owner I wanted to do these things and I came to this cross section of, well, are you gonna move the direction you wanna go or are you gonna, you know, go back this other way? Um, and so while kicking and screaming, I would say, I was like, I guess, I guess I'm moving forward on this path. Uh,
0: so, I love yeah. that. I love that. So thank you. Let's, when we come back, Kate's gonna lead us, Kate Redmond's gonna be leading us into our break. When we come back, I wanna know, when the kicking and screaming stopped. And the first thing you did when you started your firm. Kate, I'll toss this to you now. Kate, thank you so much for taking us into that moment of break. And we're going to come back now with Allison Mott. This is Carolyn Markle Hammond, and you're listening to the Intentionally Fearless, Fearless Radio Show, which is part of the Every Woman Collective that's here at 3 p.m. Central Time, every Saturday on KKFI. and Our Intentionally Fearless episode is the third Saturday of every month. We're so happy that you're here. If you have any questions for me or you would like to connect or you have ideas for our show, then please reach out to me. You can find me at caroline, that's C-A-R-O-L-I-N-E, at safeinharmsway.org. That's caroline at safeinharmsway.org. Um, and reach out if you have any questions, ideas, or you need to connect further about any topic we cover. So we're talking with Allison today, and Allison is the female founder and owner of her own CPA firm, AMCPA. We're at the point in Allison's journey where she has kicking and screaming decided <laughs> she's going to start her own firm, which I love that because I I love that I I love every listener. And to take this to their own soul and then infuse it also into the young people in their life, that you can make choices without knowing exactly what your next step is going to be. But you feel like you got to do it. So I'd love, Allison, for you to pick up the story there. And then I'm also going to ask Kate to chime in if she would like to about maybe a moment in time where she had to step into something that was maybe a little bit of kicking and screaming as well uh, before she started it. So, Allison, we'll, we'll start with you. When the kicking and screaming, I'm not going to say it stopped. I'm gonna, let's say it subsided. What were the first (laughs) things you did with your own CPA firm? And wait, you know what? Before I forget,
1: tell people how they can find you in case they have any questions. Yeah, if you have any questions or want to contact us, the easiest way to contact us is at our website, which is amcpakc.com. There's a chat feature on there. Our website or our phone number is on there. And also, you can submit an inquiry that goes to our email and we will follow up directly with you. So. The easiest ways through our website. Um, yeah. And I would say that it's funny that it's called intentionally fearless. Um, as you were saying that, cause I did not feel intentionally fearless as I started AMCPA. Um, I felt very fearful. So it's funny. I had coffee with a woman who it has, um, started her own firm and we we're, she was kind of talking about the fears that she has. And I was like, Yep absolutely you know every single one rang true um and you're right they, they more subside like the kicking and screaming and you just figure out how to like make peace with it i always use the analogy of like the waves are gonna come but you have to figure out where you can stand in the ocean to to, to take the waves and it not knock you over oh so stand, i love that <laughs> you know find the right footing so that the waves can hit and they're not going to knock you over because they're not going to stop coming, but you just need to figure out where you stand so that you can take it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I started in my home office um, and gradually moved to an office share and we were getting ready to move to our own space at the end of October. Um, but so it's been a crazy journey, but I will say when when the fear kind of finally subsided a little bit i remember just when i first started i was like checking off a checklist like get business insurance find software like very like these are the things that i will do and then a prospective client called and said you know i'd love to meet with you find out about having you take over our accounting and taxes and i was like oh (laughs) okay well that seems real and that is terrible i think i'd rather stay here and keep checking off the list of uh the things that i need to do (laughs) to be a business owner but maybe not actually try to like uh get any business um no but i went obviously and he did become my client (laughs) and um you know so it's just just working through it and continuing to move through that through that fear And while maybe, you know, it's interesting because I think sometimes people look at my journey or where I am now and they see, you know, what you want them to, they perceive you in a way of seeing it as like, oh, she's so confident. She she probably doesn't have these concerns or fears or anything like that now. It's absolutely not true. You know, living it versus like seeing it from a different perspective is just completely different. Okay. I love that you said that because that's where Intentionally Fearless comes
0: from and And people say, "Well, no, you're just talking about courage." And I would say, "No, courage is—you know—when you decide at a moment of impact that seems that you know, not seems that you know is of great importance. You summon up the courage, and you you can act. Intentionally fearless means that in the tiny little moments of day-to-day activity, you still choose." to be fearless in the pursuit without even knowing. You still have to be intentional. You said it, it would be really nice to just check all these boxes off and I don't know really if I wanna have the clients yet. But intentionally <laughs> fearless means, yeah, I am going to check the boxes and I'm going to be intentional in pursuing my my customers. So thank you so much. That's. I may have you record some of that so that A, it comes through on my ringtone when people call me, and B, that we can use it for some of the segues in in what we do here. I'm going to ask, so thank you, Allison. I'm going to ask Kate. Kate, is there a moment in your journey when when you had to really step forward without not quite having everything in line, every T crossed and I dotted?
2: In my career, there were multiple situations, multiple times. We can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Okay. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and say. Okay. we're
0: gonna. <laughs> we're gonna look. We can see Kate, but we can't. We can't get her to to run through the audio. So we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out for next time. Um, so, Allison, we're going to go back to you. You talked a lot about culture. And of what you've experienced in both the nonprofit world and with the Big Four of accounting, when you were starting your own firm, what kind of culture did you did you want to create, and how were you intentional about
1: creating it? Yeah, um, you know, I think that is definitely something that evolved over time. You know, as we were doing the checklist, what is your culture wasn't on that checklist, <laughs> right? So it wasn't something that came up. Um, but it's as, I think it's as I've added um, employees that has been the biggest reflection back of it's not just myself, you know, the culture when it was mm-hmm. just me, it didn't ring true um and yeah, adding people in, and when you think about other people and what you want them to experience while they're working at AMCPA is when you I really started putting thought into the culture and i'd say the dress immediately like you know dress code immediately came up what are the hours are we gonna remember that they're humans even during tax season and life still happens um and always finding that place of empathy that i so desperately needed sometimes throughout my career and didn't feel like i got back um you know didn't didn't receive that so i always think about it yeah as i look at You know, every person that works at AMCPA is a whole human with a whole complex life coming to work. Well, there's obviously stresses that are unavoidable. Being there shouldn't be one of them. And how are we Mm -hmm. cultivating that culture? How are we feeling inclusive um, as well as respected, heard, you know, what makes, them, what makes them loyal? Why would you want to continue to work at AMCPA? And also, I think from a client perspective, why do you continue to want to work with AMCPA? There's a ton of um, accounting firms out there. What makes us special and what keeps people coming back?
0: I love that. Thank you for sharing. What is called out to me is some of the, the nice, it's almost a, a beautifully wrapped package at um, amcpakc is it dot com or dot org dot .com. com so amcpakc.com and yes. what you're doing there is you mentioned whole person and i think there's there's a lot of chatter on linkedin a lot and this i love linkedin But it's talking about how you you must recognize the entire person who comes to work. You have to because they bring everything to the equation and that affects their performance. It affects whether or not they have the ability to raise their hand to say, hey, I want to keep working here, but I'm struggling in this facet. Can we develop something that helps me? Can we work this? Because chances are not chances are statistically, if one person is experiencing a problem, other pers- people are to varying degrees within that same thing. There's some commonalities to what the world is experiencing now that, that it behooves a company and a corporation, a CPA firm to acknowledge that those nuances of an individual can be applied across the board. And you have the opportunity to enable people to get, um, to get what they need to be the whole person at work because when you do that drives the ability to recruit it drives retention and it drives profitability so what you're saying and how you approach that speaks highly to what were what you do as an organization to why people want to work for you and to why people want to use your services so if you were you know looking at your bigger plan and you're moving into your your own space What is When is that going to happen and what do you think is going to be the biggest challenge there?
1: Ooh, um, we will move spaces at the end of October. We don't have a specific hard date. If I had to pick a hard date, November will be fully in the new space. We have both spaces through the month of October. So yeah, nice nice ability to have a slow transition. But the biggest challenge there, um, you know, I haven't, I've I've i tried not to put too much uh too much anticipation, like too much thought into um just kind of taking it day by day on that one. It's it's really exciting, but there's so much stuff that I think are um we love, we Office and Industrious, we love it there. There's so many wonderful things about it, but I am so excited to be able to have a space that is completely ours and we can completely dominate the culture and what it is like working at that space. Um, so it. while obviously in office share, there's other people around most, we we absolutely love all the other business owners there, but it'll be so nice to be a hundred percent in control of what that looks like and what, and uh, I mean, from a client perspective, we have client parking now and there's so many nice. huge opportunities. We're so excited to be in the crossroads with, other, I mean, Crossroads is so local, like it's just local businesses. So we're so psyched to be down there and have spots for lunch and happy hours. um, Exactly. Oh, I love that for you. I love that for you. Well, Alison, thank you
0: so much for joining Kate Redman and I today. This is Carolyn Markle Hammond. You're listening to the very end of the Intentionally Fearless radio show, which is part of the collective of every woman. And let's explain why what Alison talked about today is really important. People can go through life and work with simple simple mantras like believe in yourself and never give up and, and that's good, that's all well and good. But people can't often see how to apply what is their superpower to themselves and to the world until they hear a story about how it happens and manifests in somebody else. So Allison, thank you for sharing your superpower with us today. And that superpower is connecting and you've taken the journey through Big four accounting through through learning you have the superpower um, and your brain works on the left side predominantly <laughs> with your numbers, but into being intentionally fearless and pursuing your career and charting it and realizing that every step or possible misstep is not a failure, that it's actually something that can be used in your next big adventure and the connection of people that you create. I appreciate you today for joining us. Again, one last time before we toss it to Kate and and the next folks coming up um, after us, where can people find you if they have a question?
1: Thank you so, so, so much for having me. People can find us at amcpakc.com.
0: Perfect. Allison, thanks for joining us. Kate, thank you for leading us through this. We sure do appreciate you. And we'll see you the next third third Saturday (laughs) for Intentionally Fearless on uh, the Every Woman Collective.